All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now at the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts here at the Sideshow Network. Go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. Mark DiCarlo, and welcome back to A Fork on the Road. This is show number two, and that is The Traveling Diva. Hi there. I'm Yenny Alvarez, The Traveling Diva. Welcome to uh, show number two. Oh, wow. It seems <laughs> that was a tough one. The first way, it seems like it was almost a week ago we did show number one, <laughs> and now we're here at show number two. Very excited for this show. This is our New Orleans Jazz Fest preview edition. Oh, it's going to be a yummy one. The uh, 42nd. 43rd annual New, New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival takes place. It's older than me! <laughs> Next weekend. I love that. Something is older than me. Something, yes. <laughs> well, we got dinosaurs. <laughs> and the guy we... <laughs> the Earth is 6,000 years old. That's older than you. Um, this is the 43rd annual New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. It takes place in New Orleans, Louisiana. Some of the greatest musicians in the world come down there. There's great food. And we have all kinds of insights for you to help you enjoy it if you have your... Travel booked already, that's great. If not, you can still book it. It'll be a little difficult, but there are still hotel rooms available. Or you can book it to the nearest uh, airport and drive in. Right, you could fly into Baton Rouge. We have a good show for you lined up today. We have the Louisiana Chef of the Year, mm. Chef Duke La Cicero from Cafe Giovanni in New Orleans. We're going to be talking to him. We're also going to be giving you top 10 tips for first-time festers from professional festgoers Ian Blumenstein and Rick the Cool Guy. And how many years have they been going? What makes them professionals? They've, I think Ian's been over 30 years. Oh. Well, we'll when, we, when we talk to him, we'll ask him. But wow. he has been, he goes every year. He goes for both weekends, too. He's hardcore. <laughs> um, in my book, A Fork on the Road, I say that the uh, jazz festival is the best party in America. And um, I, I'm going to stand by that. I think I agree. Yeah. It's a great... I go for the food. You go for the music, but I go for the food. I go for the food as well. <laughs> I go for the food as well. Uh, we're also going to be uh, taking some phone calls later on in the show. We're going to be giving away a Vivitar HD 850 HD underwater camcorder. This thing records video up to like 10 meters below the water. So if you're a fish, this is the camcorder <laughs> for you. If you're a shark, this is great. If you're like a you know saltwater shark... Great camera for you. We're giving that away to one of our uh, one of our callers. Running a big contest on that. Um, also, it's summer coming That's up. Nice of us. It is nice of us. And it's nice of the good folks at Vivitar. We appreciate that. Summer coming up. People are going to start driving a lot more. There's a great new product we want to tell you about. It's called Enviro Tabs. You drop a couple of tabs into your gas tank, and you get about 17 to 20 percent better gas mileage. I've been using these for about six months, and I get Better gas mileage than I got before. Everyone that calls in uh, will tell you about that. We also are working with uh, YucatanHolidays.com. Sending people to the Yucatan, every caller that calls us, we're going to be giving them a gift certificate for a Cancun vacation. Oh. 
You get to go to Cancun for I'm five days so for jealous. $170. That's from the uh, folks at Yucatan Holiday. So we're what we try to do on our show, you listen, we give you travel prizes, we give you travel insights, and we tell you great places to go. Now, a month from now, where, are pe- where would people go? A month from now is May. Right. So if you're bored in May, go to Memphis. Memphis is in May is uh, probably the most interesting and most fun place to be. They have everything planned for that uh, for that month. They have uh, something called Salute to Sweden. <laughs> salute to Sweden. The country or to uh, Sweeteners? <laughs> to Sweden, Is it like the a country. saccharine parade and a no, uh, no, no, the no. equal tent? It is. Um, it's a festival. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, Memphis in May. It's um, uh, different festivals that happen in Memphis. In the month of May, and a lot of the, all of them are huge. They're gigantic. They have contests. They have um, they have all foods from different regions. For example, Memphis in May, the first one, Sweden. Everything that has to do. What with does Sweden. Sweden have to do with Memphis? You know what? I, don't get I was it. trying to figure that out, and I couldn't figure it out. Because it's I, not on their website. I couldn't. I can't find out why they picked that one. Salute to Sweden. Well, they also have a great music festival down there, and Memphis is one of the great roots music cities in America. You got the uh, the Stax Recording Studios there, Sun Records, where Elvis Presley and Carl Perkins and uh, Johnny Cash recorded. Um, a lot of great people, so there, it's a great place to go for music. Well, I know they have the Sunset Symphony, which is the closing um, festivities. Mm-hmm. And what about so, the food? There's a big barbecue festival there oh, as well. Oh yeah, right? that's a good one. The barbecue festival. It is the barbecue cooking contest. So if you like barbecue, if you like pork, this is the place to be. And it's gigantic. Uh, people come from all over the world. People bring in their big old barbecue. Uh, what do you call those things? Where you make, where you put all the barbecue things. A grill? No, they have like this smoke things and they oh, decorate them. trailers, that, yeah. The yeah. smoker trailers. Mm-hmm. And they decorate them and they bring it's their a party. trophies. It's a huge party. Yeah. But come hungry. Yeah. And um, and there's a big wins. there's a big big controversy in Memphis over what kind of ribs are better. You got the dry ribs that you can mm-hmm. get at the Rendezvous, with the big sloppy wet ribs mm-hmm. that they serve up at the uh, Music Maybe City that. Cafe. We're going to be talking to Goose Goss, the GM of the uh, the Music City Rib Cafe, which is mm-hmm. right on Beale Street. We'll be talking yeah. to him uh, in the coming weeks to talk yeah. about this and festival. And if uh, if you think you got some good barbecue at home, bring it in because the prices are up to a hundred and ten thousand dollars. Yeah, but this is not. Like like if your uncle no. makes good barbecue and he's going to go down these are it has to be phenomenal freaking barbecue these are these are professional barbecue people yeah but how do you All think they, they do, started well they, they say because in someone somebody's said, oh, backyard geez. yeah right but the trailers uh, I know a guy named Jack Trigger from Texas and he won the Kansas City Royal Barbecue. He won the brisket and the chicken division, I believe. And oh. this guy and his wife, all they do now is they have this they have this hundred thousand dollar trailer. That's a, a smoker and a barbecue. And they drive around every week and they go to a different city and they enter these barbecue contests. Mm-hmm. So the first time I met Jack, he's a big, big, huge boy from Texas and real sweet, real nice. I'm asking him, what's the secret to the brisket that you make? How, why is it so good? And he goes, well, I'm a rancher. I'm a cowboy. And I always make sure, this is a true story, I always make sure when I'm making a brisket, I, I pick the, the, the left side of the brisket, left side of the cow. And I go, what difference does it make which side? Because the brisket is the piece of meat that's on the front shoulders of the mm-hmm. cow. Yeah. And he goes, well, well, because when cows get up, when they're laying down, they get up, they always get up on, they push up on their right leg. 
so the left side is more tender. And I thought he was yeah. just messing with me. No, that makes sense. He won. Two hours later, <laughs> he won. <laughs> See? Listen to the cow guy. Yeah, but who would ever... How, that, that, that's how... That's how intense these barbecue guys are. So if you think you got what it takes, you go on to Memphis in May, and uh, we'll be giving you more information in the weeks coming up. But right now, the rest of the show, it is all about the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Uh, Now, some of the acts that are playing. First of all, let's give you a little background on the festival. It happens at the racetrack in New Orleans. Which and they have about eleven stages there. There's a gospel tent. There's a blues tent. There's two main stages. There's a fado do. There's a congo stage. Each stage has different types of music. And every year they get fantastic musicians mm-hmm. to come From out everywhere. and play this festival. From everywhere, not just jazz. It's called the jazz fest, right. but not just jazz. No. It's a uh, New Orleans heritage, and, rock and roll, and, yeah, gospel. Everything. They have food. They have crafts. They have everything. And it's just the it's the greatest event. It opens the the, the gates open every day at eleven a.m. Mm-hmm. And the show ends promptly at 7. This weekend, on the 26th, 27th, and 28th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, it's from 11 to 7 p.m. And the next weekend, the first weekend in May, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, mm-hmm. and Sunday. Here are some of the people that are playing. And it's 50 bucks a day. 50 bucks Which a day. Which is ridiculously low. That's the ticket. To see, to see everybody. Hundreds of right. bands that you want to see. Here are some of the people that are going to be there this weekend. Billy Joel. Who oh, we're, we're gonna, oh. We are going to talk to Billy Joel. So my man. We're going backstage. We're going to be interviewing. I don't know if I'm going to be able to talk. I know. You're very... <laughs> I'm going to be like, hi, Billy. Hi. Billy is no. Yenny's favorite <laughs> musician of all time. Piano man. So we're going to go talk to Billy Joel. Uh, John Mayer is going to be there. Phoenix, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Ben Harper. Charlie Musselwhite. Gary Clark Jr., Willie Nelson, the Gypsy Kings, Trombone Shorty, Cowboy Mouth, Dr. John, Neville Brothers. Juan Luis Guerra y Los Cuatro Cuarenta. Sí. Um, uh, you say it like that, but the man is fantastic. He is he fantastic. He is so well known in the Spanish market. And uh, you, you've danced to his songs. I yes, have I him have. in the car the, the entire time. No, he's fantastic. And, and it's just a mix of people, a, a great venue to be. And it's, the food is delicious. The ticket is cheap, and it's a great place to be. And then at night, all these guys, they get together and they play club shows at the House of Blues or at Tipitina's mm-hmm. or at Howling Wolf. So if you love music and if you love food, it's really a great, great weekend. It's really the best place to go for right. food and music. Yeah. The it, best party in America by really Marta Carlo. Music, food, fun, friends. That's what Jazz Fest is all about. Matter of fact, this past weekend, I was just in Atlanta, Georgia, and I went to the Sweetwater 420 Festival, which is like a mini baby jazz fest. I was warming up. Um, I went there. It's uh, uh, George Clinton and P-Funk were there. Papa Gross Funk were there. And I was in uh, Georgia because I was there doing a charity benefit for the Medical Center of Central Georgia. This is a children's hospital that deals with critical care babies and kids all over Central Georgia. I've been going there about 15 years now. And uh, we've raised a lot of money for the hospital and for the uh, the Celebrity Classic there, which is what they call the event. I was there with my buddy, uh, Jimmy Palumbo. We had a great time. Um, anyone that would like to donate to the uh, hospital can go to celebrityclassicmacon.org, and you can read all about the hospital and uh, how they use the money. And it's a, it's a great organization. All the folks down there do a great job and uh, had a fun time there. I was there. Went down with my celebrity friend, Jimmy Palumbo, who was on the show last week. And at the 420 Festival, we met a guy whose job is tasting beer. This train hugs the drive. He's made it all the way to Ellen. 
back in this train. We're at the Sweetwater 420 Festival. We run into the king of beer in the south. Uh, this is Mark Wisson. Mark, what's the name of your blog? Uh, the Jack's Beer Guy. Okay. And you were just telling me a moment ago about breakfast beers. See, I, I didn't know there was such a thing. Well, you've got several beers that uh, they make great breakfasts. Uh, Founders Breakfast Stout. It's a, it's a heavy stout made with maple syrup. It's awesome. Uh, so it's good for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, beer is good for you. It's full of vitamins. For instance? Uh, you know, a lot of the, 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 you know, the beer vitamins. <laughs> you get paid to drink beer and write about it. Correct? I do. Um, how, do how do you fashion a job like that? Uh, years and years of practice. Uh, the research really is terrible. How old were you the first time you had beer? And I'm not talking like a sip from your crazy uncle. Like a finished a 12-ounce beer. Uh, 18. Seriously? 18. I don't believe you. I was 18 when I finished a beer. And you grew up in St. Louis, the, the, the beer city of America. I grew up in St. Louis, literally blocks away from the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. Okay. I did grow up in a German family and uh, generally would drink from my parents' glass or my grandparents' glass. Yeah, I don't think that... That's, that's good-natured social drinking. Right. right. I mean, and that's the way it ought to be. Right. Uh, beer is a very social beverage. What's the worst be- What's the worst beer in America? Well, you know, I don't like to burn bridges, but... Um, no, I'm talking about beer, not bridges. <laughs> um, well, let's just say... Let's, let's, let's say Bud Chilada. What is that? Budweiser Chilada is a mixture of Clamato juice and Budweiser. Oh, my friend Jimmy had Clamato once in, high, in college, right, Jim? <laughs> I mean, years ago. You took a shot. You could really yeah, you did two shots. You laid low for a couple of days. You were back in the game by Thursday. Sure. And the burning goes away. The burning goes away after a while. Oh, actually, that was the name of your first album. The burning goes away, wasn't it? That was the that was the live one from Antioch. <laughs> you guys talk about beer. I like old man beer. Schaefer, Jenny Creams, Ballantine Ale, Schmitty's, Genesee Cream, Red, White, and Blue. Come on, that's old school, man. Yeah, there you go. Old school. Too. Wow, this is such a bro love fest. These guys are virtually making out <laughs> over right. beer. What about Narragansett? Have a Gansett. No, we know it. I, I know, I've had that too. What's the best beer in America, Mark? And of course, this is all subjective because everyone's it palate is, is different. It is suggestive. One of my favorite beers in America right now is made by Cigar City. It's their Hialeah. Um, oh, it's got a nice ashy flavor. Uh, <laughs> something like that. Uh, Cigar City is, is a, a big brewer in Tampa, Florida. They have... Uh, I'm very familiar with I was actually the comptroller of Cigar City for a while. Oh, okay. Very good. Very good. Great beer. I just beer. learned how to spell comptroller last year. And then after I was comptroller, I was a judge at a food court in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Are you? Okay. Um, it, it, I understand that the food courts, they have uh, you know a lot of different kinds of oatmeal. <laughs> Mark, what, what advice would you give the young kids today that are trying to break into the beer blogging business? Do your history. Learn your history. Understand the different styles of beer. Understand the different flavors that are available and the different flavors that are present in beers. Um, and really understand what American brewers are trying to do right now because the American craft beer scene is really where it is right now. It's uh, are, Better than the Germans? Uh, believe it or not, there are several craft American craft beer companies that are actually building plants over in uh, Europe right now. Stone uh, out of San Diego in that area are actually looking for a location in uh, Europe right now. Founders, the one I was talking about earlier that makes the breakfast stout. It's actually called breakfast stout on the label? It is called Founders Breakfast Stout. It has the picture of a, of a child, a baby, eating oatmeal. 
on its label. In one hand, and then a big beer stein in the other. And it's like a cherub, you know. It's more of a cherub than a cherub. Well, the cherubs drink. All the ones I've known have. And, I, you know, I've known a few little people. So learn your beers. What else could the young kids today? I'm talking the kids in school that are coming up in the beer blogosphere. Really, it's, it's learn your history and understand the different types of beer. Learn and make relationships with the, uh, the, the distributors in your area. Make relationships with the, uh, the brewers in your area. Learn the beers of your region because regional beer is really where it's at right now. Sweetwater, where we are right now, is a regional beer throughout the southeast. They're a great beer. They're really expanding rapidly. Um, they're a great host for this party that we're having this weekend, too. It's a great time. Thanks for your time, Mark. Thank you, sir. Enjoy your breakfast beer tomorrow. Uh, I will. This train hugs the track. It's made it all the way to hell and back. Yeah, this train. Can you imagine writing a blog about tasting beer? That's all he does. And you know what? Uh, we'll put a picture on our webpage. He looks like he tastes beer for a living. <laughs> There's a couple of guys in, um, in the OC that have a beer blog, and they put everything there is to know about beer, beer events, beer dinners, beer everything in the OC. Yeah, but a breakfast beer? If you're drinking, oh, I'm sure they have it. If you're drinking beer for breakfast, you I don't think you're doing a lot of reading. Buttery. It should be very buttery and uh, crisp. You, what are you, ta- you never drink beer. What are you talking I, about? But when I do, I know what I like. <laughs> I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I make sure it is a breakfast beer. And, and I put buttery. bacon on my face. Ooh, bacon beer. Everybody loves the bacon. Uh, so that was our warm-up festival leading up to the Jazz Fest this week in New Orleans. Um, you can still get hotels. You can still get some airfares, possibly. If you need some information, go to nojazzfest.com. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of great people that are going to be there this weekend. Billy Joel, John Mayer, Dr. John, Neville Brothers, Earth, Wind & Fire. Hollow Notes. Fleetwood Mac. Cowboy Mouth. Marsha Ball. Willie John, Nel- Boutte. John Boutte, Willie Nelson, Trombone Shorty, The Gypsy Kings, Ben Harper. Juan Luis Guerra y Los Cuatro Cuarenta. Mm, okay. What she said. Yeah, what she said. <laughs> uh, Galactic, uh, Better Than Ezra, Anders Osborne. We're going to be... Uh, we're going to be leaving. Um, actually, we're uh, as soon as we finish this show, we're getting on the plane and we're going to New Orleans and we're going to interview Anders Osborne at his rehearsal space, which that is, is so going to be exciting. great. He invited us to his rehearsal, so we'll be shooting video there. We're going to be talking to Anders. He's got a new record out on Alligator Records. We're also going to be going to Paul Sanchez's house. Paul Sanchez used to be uh, a guitar player in the Cowboy Mouth Band. Now he's in and Paul- wrote some amazing songs. Wrote some great songs. Oh. And now he's doing his own thing, uh, the uh, Paul Sa- Paul Sanchez and the Rolling Road Show. We're going to go to Paul's house and we're going to interview him. Um, he was out of his house for about two years after Katrina and wrote a great album all about that uh, experience. And we'll be talking to Paul at his house. And uh, then we're going to be talking to Brian Lee, who is a great blues guitar player. He looks like he's ZZ Top's cousin. <laughs> And uh, he's fantastic. We're going to be backstage talking to him. And then uh, we're going to talk to the big guy, Billy Joel. Oh, I'm so excited. So that's going to be very exciting. So exciting. You know you're going to have to do all the talking. Yeah. I know I can talk, but I don't, I can't, I can't tell you I'm going to be able to talk in Well, Mr. Billy Joel, I love you so much. Oh, my God. When I was in college, I made a play all about you, Mr. Billy Joel. Shut up. I did. (laughs) It was actually quite good. And it was not just a play. It was my thesis. Explain. It was called Rosal- Through Rosalinda's Eyes, and it was based on a Cuban girl that gets out of Cuba. And uh, it all came from uh, Billy Joel's song called uh, Rosalinda's Eyes. Mm-hmm. And so you took that song and you turned it into... Into my thesis. And right. I graduated. All with right. great grades, by the way. Well, make sure you tell that to Mr. Joel. I sent them a program. I don't know if he ever got it. 
I had a program made out and everything. Send it on in. Send them everything. Well, we're going to meet the, all those folks. All those interviews will be on our next week's show, which will be show number three. <gasps> but for right now, this is our Jazz it's Fest preview show. Now, we've been to Jazz mm-hmm. Fest, I've been 20 times. Yenny's been... Uh, I think this is going to be my fifth. Fifth time? Fifth, because okay. I broke my leg at one point. And I was still considering going, mm-hmm. but I, there was not possible. There's a lot of ground to cover. And if yeah. you have a broken leg, it's no fun. Our friend Jackie Pittman uh, broke, broke her, her leg, leg at, at the fest. Bowl. So she was there. Yeah, she was there. And, she but sucked. she broke it the day before the fest right. because we were drinking and bowling. Mm-hmm. I do not recommend drinking and bowling. Which is weird because most bowlers I know never drink when they bowl. <laughs> So strange that we and would do that. And she fell, and I looked down, and I'm taking pictures because I think she's doing the splits. <laughs> now, was. if you see our friend, our friend is, you know, a pretty big girl. Mm-hmm. And I was very impressed that she was doing the splits until I realized that she couldn't get up. She's beautiful even when she's doing she's the She's gorgeous, splits. though. She's stunning. So the key, I think, to going to something this big, because they get 600,000 people in the infield of an old... Um, uh, fairgrounds. Fairgrounds, you know, a horse racing track. You have to go with a group of people who really know how to attack the festival and have fun. Uh, the, the the facilities at the Jazz Fest are spectacular. I've been to hundreds of festivals all over the country. And normally you're stuck waiting in line. The food's crappy. The beer's expensive. And you walk out of there and going... And you don't want to go to the bathroom there. Right. But you walk out going, oh, I got rooked. The bathrooms are clean. The food is excellent. The beers are like four bucks, five bucks. Yeah. Waters are two dollars. It's... They don't, they are just so thrilled that you're there. I was at the first Jazz Fest after Katrina, and as Anders Osborne opened up the show that Friday, and he started playing his guitar, and he stopped in the middle of his first song and said, You know what? It just makes my heart feel so beautiful that all you people are here to celebrate the official reopening of New Orleans. And that, that was a really oh. special weekend that year. Uh, fantastic. But it's, it's a big undertaking, and you have to know what you're doing to attack the festival mm-hmm. correctly. So for those of you out there that are listening that are contemplating or planning on going to the festival for the first time, we've brought in a couple of professionals. These guys have been going for over 30 years. They're experts. And they are going to tell you everything you need to know about going to the Jazz Festival, enjoying the Jazz Festival, maximizing your time, maximizing your money, and maximizing your fun at the Jazz Festival. These are our top 10 tips for first-time festers. And we brought in the experts. In Boston, lovely Boston, we're sending our love out to Boston. We have Ian in Boston. Welcome, Ian. Hey, Mark. Thanks for joining us. You're very welcome. And from New York City, Rick the Cool Guy. How you doing, Mr. DiCarlo? Pretty good. (laughs) Hi, Uh, guys. Before we get started on the fest, uh, Rick was telling us off the air that you ran in the Boston Marathon this year, Ian. I did. What was that like? Um, it was uh, it was emotional. I grew up on the marathon course uh-huh. uh, and and ran it for the first time, and so it was emotional to begin with. And then, of course, with everything that happened after the fact that that um, uh, you know contributed to a, a very interesting experience. I'm, I'm happy to say that my wife, who also ran, and I both came out unscathed. Uh, some people were not so fortunate. Um, um, but uh, uh, I'm glad to have done it. I'm glad that uh, uh, the city has is on the road to recovery. Yeah, we're happy that uh, very happy that the two of you made it through. Okay, unfortunately, not Thank everybody you. did. So our prayers are out for everybody. And uh, what I have really enjoyed, if that's the right word, watching the coverage since the event is 
the explosion and the outpouring of uh, love and support from all over the country and just the 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 fuck you attitude from the people in Boston. Mm-hmm. Just getting up and really coming together and, uh, you know, it's times like this that are both incredibly depressing and incredibly exhilarating, I think. Did, did, have you ever been to Boston? Did you expect anything different? No, no, but it, it, it was such... What are you saying, Mark? You, you, you're saying we always have a fuck you attitude? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, yeah, fuck you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, say that, I say that with all due respect and much love. It's a good thing, but with such, such a big hammer coming down for, for that spirit to come shining through so quickly and... Uh, the uh, you know the briefings with the police and the FBI and and the local people there that are just you know what it, this ain't gonna keep us down it's not gonna stop us I love it that, that's your Boston accent yeah, that wasn't very good <laughs> <laughs> well I have to say that 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 uh, between mile twenty and twenty six and this of course is before the explosions I I was convinced that this would be my very last marathon but uh, um, after what happened after I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to signing up for next year. Good. Doing it all over again. Well, it, it is one of the iconic events that takes place every year in this country, and so is the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Now, you guys have been going, I've only been going about 20 years. In fact, I've got a shirt that says 19 on it. Oh. Uh, Rick the Cool Guy, how many years have you been going? 22. And Ian? Uh, this year will be 26. Wow. wow. Tell me about your first Jazz Fest, Ian. Well, my first Jazz Fest, uh, 1988, I was in law school in Cambridge at the time, and a buddy of mine called me up and invited me to join him. He's also from Boston. Uh, he, he invited me to join him down there. Uh, I knew nothing about the Jazz Fest. Uh, the internets hadn't been invented yet. Um, <laughs> Al Gord was hard at work on it. <laughs> he, he was working very hard on this, I guess. And, uh, I, you know, Did you uh, even know anything about the music, Ian, at all? I, I was not familiar. I had I had heard one CD that that my friend Michael had of New Orleans music. I remember the first song on the on the CD was Buckwheat Zydeco's um, Zydeco Boogaloo, and I remember hearing that song for the first time um, uh, with my friend Michael in Boston and, and finding it to be a real infectious song. I liked the song, but that's all I knew about New Orleans music. I had no idea whether that was even representative of New Orleans music. So why'd you go? Um, you just wanted to get a buzz. Yeah, you know, I was I was in school at the time. I didn't have anything better to do. I wasn't like I was going to go to class instead. Um, uh, it sounded interesting, uh, and I remember like finding up, having to go to the library to find a New Orleans phone book to, to get, and then get on the payphone to call and, and research this. There were no cell phones. It was before the internet, and and, and uh, it was much more difficult to plan a trip like this. Oh sure. They sent me get this. They sent me a schedule in the mail. I had to call them on a payphone and wait for ten days for an envelope to arrive in the mail. We had this guy back in Cambridge in the day. We had this guy in a blue uniform. I think we called him the mailman. He would show up every day. <laughs> I remember they would send that. You'd get that uh, the number ten business envelope with the logo in the corner, and that's when you knew who was going to be playing this year. Yeah. So I get the schedule, and you know, every year, of course, there are some big national acts. Um, but for the most part, you know, 80, 90% of the schedule of these local bands, which at the time, 
I, I found Buckwheat Zydeco's name, and that was the one local act I knew. But for the most part, I knew none of the names. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, we had to choose between the first weekend and the second weekend. Uh, and because I was still in school, we chose the first weekend only so I could get back to Cambridge in time to pretend to study for exams, which uh, at, at Harvard Law School were the first week of May. Ooh. So I didn't want to I didn't want to cut it too close. We went that, that last weekend of April. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember this vividly. We flew down to New Orleans. We got off the plane. We checked into our hotel, the Double Tree Hotel on Canal Street, still there. And in those days, um, this is 1988, the Jazz Fest used to sponsor nighttime concerts on riverboats. So you'd go down to the to the riverfront, you'd get on a paddle boat, uh, you know, an old uh, uh, Mississippi River paddle boat, and and cruise to some great music. So I'm in New Orleans for the very first time. We just got there. We checked in our hotel. We go to the riverfront. We get on a boat with BB King and Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, and it's truly that is oh. truly what changed my life. Okay, Mark is that dying right now. Oh, yeah. He is I get dying. off that boat. Can I take a picture? Of I you? get off the boat and I said, I told Michael two things. I said, first of all, I said to him, we just paid two hundred dollars for a flight. We're paying one hundred fifty dollars for a hotel room and eighty five dollars or whatever it was for the car rental. I added up our expenses. I said, we just made our money's worth right then and there, right now. We, we everything else this weekend is pure profit. Steve. And I also said to him, we're going to do this. We're going to do this every year for the rest of our lives. And Michael and I have not missed a single year of Jazz Fest since, since wow. that uh, weekend. Stevie Ray and BB King. That's one of the things I love about the yeah. fest, too, is you see people that don't normally hang out or play together, yeah. and sometimes they'll jam with each other, and it's just an eclectic mix of people. But, man, what a show. Well, that exactly. Back in those and days, the, perfect... in those days the night concerts used to be the, the, the big events, I think. I remember seeing Miles Davis. We saw John. I saw Miles Davis, exactly. I saw I saw James Brown's 60th birthday show at the place out by Lake Pontchartrain, the big uh, civic mm-hmm. center there, and he yeah. did the whole thing yeah. with the cape, and it was it blew me away. Just yeah. it's yeah. fantastic. I saw I saw I saw Miles Davis twice. The second time, we never saw his front. He played with his back. He was one of those beautiful coats, long um, tailed coats he used to wear. But he did he played with his back to the audience the entire time. That's jazz. Baby. That's jazz. That's yeah. jazz. So you've been going how many years, Rick the Cool Guy? 22 years. I had a similar start to it. Buckwheat Zydeco. Actually, Ian took me to a Buckwheat Zydeco uh, concert uh, at, a, at a small club in New York, and I enjoyed it. And so Buckwheat's the gateway house. drug. Buckwheat is the gateway drug he to jazz. the fest. gateway drug to the jazz. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> uh, and we went down. I, I take. I, I. I think we paid like thirty nine dollars a night at the New Court Inn, and it was four guys at the time staying there. Very and sexy. My, and my favorite part of it was after a long day at the festival, where you're just overdosing on music, we would immediately drive to a club, uh, usually Tipitina's, and. Um, go pay the entrance fee, get our hands stamped, and then we would go back to the hotel and nap till about midnight. Uh, <laughs> take a shower with our hand outside the shower so we wouldn't rub <laughs> off the stamp, and then go back and party till, you know, 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, these are excellent tips. You guys have been going for a long time. We've all, we, all, we, we go in a big group now. There's going to be a, about 12 of us this year. And, um, I think I, we got more. Maybe think- more. This year's a big I, I counted. I counted between all of our entourages about 40. No, that's too much. No, that's too much. <laughs> too much. Too many whiny people. Um, but that is a key. You want to have a good group of people. And now, since you guys are the experts, I want you to share with us your top 10 tips 
for first-time festers, people that are hearing this or have always wanted to go to the festival and they're going this year. Let's let's give them top ten tips for enjoying the festival and squeezing as much mojo as they can out of it. Well, I, look, I just thought of one as we talked about the fact that we're going with a group of 40 people, and it's really great to be there with with friends old and new. But I think one critical tip is to be responsible for yourself and to be willing to leave the group and go go adventure out on your own. Yes. Because you know, the, the fairgrounds takes place in this big racetrack. There are 10 or 12 stages set up, and not everybody's going to want to see the same thing at the same time. And you've got to be willing to say, you know what? There's something else that interests me, or I just want to go wander around. I'll meet up with you guys later and just go for a walk and go find some really cool shit so that when you come back and meet your 40 friends, you can say, you guys just missed the best show of Jazz Fest. Right. Of course, yeah, they'll have, yeah. hopefully they'll have the same story for you, but, but it's critical that you not try and move in a pack of 40 the entire well, time. Well, you can't. It's too crowded. And you know what? It's like that thing when you have three or four people. When you have more than that, let's go get a drink. Let's go eat. Everyone moves so slowly, and that drives me crazy. It's like know, know where you want to go and then go. For example, closing the show on Friday, you have to choose between John Mayer, Band of Horses, George Benson, uh, Terrence Higgins, Campbell Brothers, Chris Owens, who I think is a female impersonator, and I don't know why they book... Yeah, Chris Owens. I, well, how that fits into the festival. Well, they have everything. Yeah, but I don't want to... Stevie Ray Vaughan or a fat guy in a dress. Come on. Or Terrence Simeon in the Zydeco Experience. So you have to pick one of those bands and go see them. Yeah, um, I agree with I agree with Ian. I think that the the biggest thing for me is you are responsible for your own own good time. You know, uh, and and I would caution that if you don't like heat or crowds or loud music or spicy food and or a lack of sleep for that matter, that maybe you ought to reconsider whether it's for you. <laughs> yeah, it is a long day. I mean, you wake up. The festival starts at eleven. The music goes till seven sharp. Then that that's an actual good tip. You go home. You get tagged. Then you take a nap and shower and then go out for dinner. Then you go to see the nighttime shows that are all over the place. Because if you wait until 9 or 10 o'clock to get your hand stamped, you stand in a big, long line. And you do have to be responsible. Because these shows do sell out. Right. And um, uh, speaking of being responsible for yourself and your own good time, um, it's great for people who have a great sense of adventure because you don't know what you're going to find out there. The first time I ventured away from the group, Thank God I had my camera with me, and I went straight into the middle of this Mardi Gras Indians doing all their rituals and their singing and, and with all the big old colorful feathers. What did I do? Took out my camera. I, I pressed record. I got video of me at the very first jazz fest that I ever went to in the middle of the Mardi Gras Indians, and I went singing with them. Yeah, I'm Cuban. I got my Afro roots. Mm-hmm. I was singing with them. I was feeling it, and I got it all on video. Is that what you call those colors? Are those are Afro roots? No, that's, that's, that's not a good hair day. Oh, okay. I was confused. Um, my, my first jazz fest was uh, the year of the L.A. riots. I took off that morning before the riots had started. Well, I guess while I was in the air, all that stuff went down. I get off the plane. I walk into the hotel. I turn on the TV, and Los Angeles, Los Angeles is on fire. It, it, very freaky. Wow. So the next day, I go to the festival, and obviously at the festival, there is a every color of the rainbow is there. You've got people from all over the world. You've got Cajuns. You've got African Americans. You've got Italian. A, a, literally, it's like a box of sixty-four crayons. And I was wondering if there was going to be some racial tension there. And I remember walking up to this really big, smiley black woman who was just shaking her ass 
at the uh, <laughs> at the Faye Dodo stage. And I looked at her, and she looked at me, and then we just started dancing together, dancing, dancing, dancing. I gave her a hug, and then I walked back to our group. We never even never said a word, but it was it was a life affirming uh, moment. And I've been back every year except one since. It's a phenomenal. What happened place. that year? Um, I broke my leg. She broke her leg. Oh, that's I right. told him to go, but yeah, then that, I was going to get a field trip. Yeah, that that would have never come back. <laughs> and I was, re- I, I was really planning on still going, but it was really painful. All right, we got nine more tips. Tip number nine. Yeah. So tip number nine, I'll, I'll say because it's important to be mobile, don't bring too much crap. Right. You know, it's nice to be able to set up a tarp maybe and some chairs so you have a home base. But you need to be able to move around. So don't bring the the you know, unless you mark the Carlo, don't bring the professional movie camera. And don't yeah. you know, just don't bring a lot of stuff that's gonna weigh you down. You need to be able to move around, you need to be mobile. Is 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 uh Mark the Cool Guy said it's gonna be hot, you know, you don't, don't want to be overdressed, you don't want to be loving stuff. You just wanna be able to move around, you wanna be able to dance and just and just have a good time. Yeah, I like to have a home base, but I agree with Ian. When you're out and roaming around, uh just the, the less, the better. Let's well, talk about that, the home base. Well, that, and that's a good reason to, to go with a group of people. Yeah. If you're with 10 or 12 people, there's always going to be somebody back on the home base with your blankets and your wallets and your backpacks and your chairs, so you don't have to take anything. You can just get up mm-hmm. and walk away. But dressing. And, it, and also, as you indicated earlier, it's an incredibly friendly crowd. I don't very. worry about getting, getting my crap stolen. You know, I'm, I'm, we, even though there are 40 of us, Sometimes there'll be nobody home at home base, and we leave our stuff there, and it's always there when we come back. How do you find your home base? <laughs> There's hundreds of thousands of people that you'd think there'd be a way where you could sort of mark your territory without using well, you know, urine. You, you need to have somebody in your entourage that's thoughtful enough to bring a flagpole and a flag. That's that right. Can see. And then every year the flag changes? Uh, sometimes it does, yes, or, or sometimes it stays the same, depending on the kind of flag. I, just I, remember, a- I remember my first uh, Jazz Fest. I remember that flag. Do you remember what it was? Which was it the welcome was flag? Was it the welcome flag? With my bra under it. Oh, that's right, yeah. Well, the juicy we, uh, bra. Been known to hang, we have been known to hang underwear of all sorts of uh, <laughs> flags. It's quite the totem. Some people that, my favorite one, someone had a big pole with a plush Fred Flintstone having intercourse oh, with Fred a plush Barbie. Yeah, the, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but that, 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 some, of these, some of these poles you see every single year, and the Fred Flintstone one is a, is a famous one. Yeah. Right. Uh, once you've seen a pole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, you want to you want to travel. Plus, you have to dress like you're going to Da Nang. It could be a hundred degrees. It could be raining and swampy. You gotta you gotta bring flip flops, cargo shorts, t-shirts, and that's really ponchos. 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 Or buy one there. The ones there are fantastic. We still have them. Right. Okay. Next tip. Okay. So earlier you were talking about all the competing acts that the closing the fest. I think on the first Friday, and you mm-hmm. talked about you mentioned John Mayer and some other big acts. But as I as I mentioned earlier, most of the acts are local acts, and you know Billy Joel's going to be this year. Fine, Billy Joel's great, but you can see him when he comes to Pittsburgh. You don't need to see him at Jazz Fest. And that's uh, people, and that's I'm going to be a Billy Joel. All, that's my non-negotiable. Okay. All right, it's still fine. You can have your non-negotiables. This is my first year with BB King and Steve Ray Vaughan that changed my life. Um, but it's it's critical to get around and see some of these local acts because this is what it's all about. You know, there was one year when our entire entourage was seeing Stevie Wonder at, at, at the big stage, mm-hmm. uh, the Acura stage. And 
I love Stevie Wonder, but I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't in the mood to hang out in, in, in the way back and watch it on the Jumbotron. So I wandered off, and I wandered into the Blues Tent, where Marva Wright, unfortunately she passed away a year or two ago. She's a magnificent local blues and R&B singer. And that, and I just wandered in just to get away from, from the big crowd at, 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 um, at Stevie Wonder. That proved to be the best set of my entire fest that year. I mean, yeah. It's important to wander around, see the local acts. It doesn't matter if you, if you know who they are or not. Just follow the crowd, see what people are having a good time, and, and you're going to discover some amazing new music. Every year, every year you literally stumble across somebody that you've never heard of that, that just rocks your world. However, That's I will, why you keep going back. Right. You find something new every single year. Right. I will say this. I like seeing... We saw Spring Scene a couple of years ago, and Billy Joel. I like seeing... Like, if I like a guy, even if it's a national act, I think they bring it. When they're playing the Jazz Fest... Oh, yeah, it's, it's different there. It's like Yankee Stadium. I don't care how big you are. Look at Cowboy Mouth. Yeah, the, 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 the audiences are geeked. There's so many of their peers there. I think they bring a little something extra when they do. And I saw Van Morrison there, and Van was great. And sometimes yeah, Van I could just Van. give a shit. I, I will say that uh, Ian is right, though. Stevie Wonder did a 15-minute version of Ribbon in the Sky, which, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, Billy, Joel, Billy Joel was playing, and it was hailing on us. Yeah, yeah that hailing. was awful. And he was playing, and what was he playing? Singing in the Rain. When do you get to hear <laughs> Billy Joel play Singing in the Rain? Only when it's it raining. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. Next, I loved it. Next tip. Okay, we should talk about the food. We haven't talked about the food yeah. at Fest yet. Because so normally when you I go went. to a festival, normally when you go to a festival, the food yeah. is crappy hot dogs, cardboard pizza. It's twelve dollars for a hamburger, and it's crap. Is that how yeah. it is at Jazz Fest? Well, before I answer, let me also tell you that that first year I went with Michael, um, my very first Jazz Fest. We wake up in the morning, and I'm a breakfast guy. I like to go out for pancakes and eggs and omelet and all that. And and Michael's like, no, 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 no. You have to eat the food at the fest. I don't want the food at the fest. I don't want hot dogs and cardboard pizza. Let's go and and we we go out and and, and have a big breakfast. Biggest mistake of my life. The, the food at okay, maybe not the biggest, but it's up there. Yeah, I can name a bigger one. Bigger that. <laughs> <laughs> the food at the fest is amazing. I mean, amazing. It's like going. It's first of all, the, the, the variety of food is spectacular. There's probably you know, two hundred different things you can eat, and everyone is better than, than, than the last. It just, it just. In, in fact caterers and restaurants and churches and all the local reservations have to compete for the right to sell their food at Jazz Fest. And it's awesome. Crawfish yeah. And it's relatively inexpensive, I think, you know, for, for what it is. No, yeah, it's it, always it, it, reasonably it, 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 priced. Uh, but it's, and you're, you're talking about, I think, one of the premier food cities, if not the premier food city in America, with the best of the best coming out to the festival. And the lines move quite rapidly. You don't stand in line for two hours to get you know, a crawfish sack or jambalaya. Lines go you fast. You haven't had crawfish until you've eaten it out of a sack. Let's oh, say. it's so right. good. <laughs> well, I, believe, I believe that's how uh, mm. Ian and Michael met first, wasn't it? Well, <laughs> the great, one of the great things at Jazz Fest is you don't have to choose. You can have the crawfish sack or the crawfish balls. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like a Frankenstein crawfish. <laughs> Next tip. Next tip. Um, let's talk about the Watermelon Festival. I, don't, I actually don't want to give too, too um, many details about the Watermelon Festival. You, uh, Dr. Carlos, said that uh, you had a great experience dancing with that woman at the mm -hmm. Fado Doe stage. The Fado Doe stage is a wonderful stage. 
that generally features Cajun and Zydeco music, music that people in Louisiana crave and dance to, and it's just infectious. Buckwheat Zydeco we talked about a lot. This is just wonderful music. It's a great state to hang out, whether or not you know the bands. There is a particular ceremony called the Watermelon watermelon Ceremony um, that is conducted by members of the audience, um, some people who come down every year, um, actually, they come to the fest every single day, every single year, and they conduct a ceremony called the Watermelon Ceremony, and it's always after the second to last act ends and before the last act of the day begins. So the last act will usually go on around 6 o'clock. The prior band will come off around 5.30, so sometime in that window will be the Watermelon Ceremony, and it's just one of those what-the-fuck moments. What the fuck did I just see? Uh, so I don't want to give too many details, but you need to go see it. And then you'll say, what the fuck did I just see? Wait, 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 wait. I've been going with you guys for five years, and I have not, you have not taken me to see that watermelon ceremony. All right, really? well, you have not seen the watermelon ceremony? No! They've seen your well, melon you know ceremony. <laughs> That's because you're too. That's because you're too busy watching Billy Joel at the Actors Station. Oh, and I'm going to be there again. But I can see it on another day. They they only yes, do it in they, one they, day. They do this. They do this every single day. Every single day between the last two acts. So see, no excuse. You should take me. At the Fado Do. Okay, I'm going to write that down as a must see. Yes, okay. absolute must see. Next tip. Next tip. Um, gospel tent. When in doubt, there's so many good choices, so it's hard to be to be too hyperbolic about this. But I was going to say, when in doubt, go to the gospel tent. I could say that about any stage. The gospel tent is, is just incredible. And you're talking about someone who, who has you know, no purpose in his life for organized religion. Um, mm-hmm. But this is where I go for my church and up. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's, the, the music is spectacular. The, the, the mood in there is amazing. Um, there's just something about the gospel tent that... that uh, that makes everybody find God. Maybe especially it's God, if the act you is, heathen. Especially if the act is a mass choir, because if it's a mass choir, you know, there are going to be people, you know, speaking in tongues and dancing up and down the aisles and, and, and lots of holy rollers in the joint. Right, 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 right. Okay. That's my, fav- my, my, my favorite um, two acts at the Gospel Tent, and unfortunately I can't names, although I, I know that they are performing um, on the uh, on the Thursday of the second weekend this year, there are two high school mass choirs, and you know, anytime you see mass choirs, market again, there's going to be the you know, fifty or seventy five or hundred people up on stage at once going crazy. It'll be awesome. But the the jazz fest always tends to book these two high schools back to back on the same day, and, and it's it, it, it always becomes like a friendly competition because one of them will be in the audience while the others on stage, and then vice versa. They sing back and forth. They do call and response. It's really very cool. And again, it's something you're not going to see someplace else unless you go to one of those gospel festivals. You know, this is this is local kids getting out and really, yeah. really hitting the ball hard. All right, yeah. next tip. Yeah. Okay, tip I would four. say the next tip. Next tip is to get up close. You know, uh, particularly on the big stage, it's easy to hang back and watch on the jumbotron. Right. My view is, if you're going to watch on the jumbotron, you might as well stay at home and and, and watch videos on YouTube. You know, uh, and, and look. Sometimes it's nice. It's a beautiful. It'll be a beautiful weather. You have you you with friends. You're drinking beer. You're having a good time. I totally get why it's great to sit in back and just hang out and relax with your friends and sit in the tarp. But sometimes, and, and maybe this is because I have no musical talent of my own, 
I like to get up close and see the music being made. Mm-hmm. I like to watch Dr. John's fat fingers, you know, uh, just make remarkable music on the piano. I, 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 and one of the cool things about Jazz Fest is because people are so mellow and relaxed uh, in New Orleans. Us uptight Northeasterners can work our way to the front of the crowd without much difficulty. By victimizing them and being opportunistic, you can get in front of them, is what you're saying. Excuse me, excuse me, pardon me, that whole thing. I actually find when you get to the front, you find that there's a lot more real estate up front than in back because there's not enough obnoxious people like me who want to move to the front. So once I get to the front, I find there's room to move. Sure. And it is great. I think that's especially good for the small stages. I like getting up front at the Fado Doe's The Fado Doe is a a good one for me, too. Mm -hmm. You've got to get right up there close, or any of the tents, too. I think gospel tents or the blues tent, you've got to be up there close so you can experience the music. And then what I love doing when I'm up close is turning around, putting my back to the stage, and watching the crowd throb to the music. And it it always strikes me that if, if some giant was just kind of looking down on New Orleans at that time, we would look like ants all throbbing in rhythm to this weird noise coming from the stage, like we were all zombies. It looks like a wave. Yeah, it's, it's, it's to like see what the band sees people. is very cool. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and everyone is very tuned into the music. Uh, tip number three. Okay, so we've spoken a lot about the festival itself. Let's talk about New Orleans, because one of the, great things about the Jazz Fest is it takes place in New Orleans, and New Orleans is such a wonderful city. Yes. So, what's New Orleans famous for? Probably the most famous tourist attraction in New Orleans is Bourbon Street. Everyone knows about Bourbon Street, even if they've never been to New Orleans before. Right. Go to Bourbon Street once. You've done it. You never need to go again. After that, you can experience real New Orleans. There's so much, so many Mardi Gras college kids come to hang out in Bourbon Street get drunk, fall down, puke, and, and, and it's the lucky season. <laughs> Which is why right. it's fun to go to Bourbon Street when you're not in college anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and see somebody else eating those hot dogs. It's, yeah, it's like watching your own lucky acid dog. flashback. <laughs> oh, yeah. but no, especially if you want to go see music at night, because yeah. Bourbon Street doesn't have good music at night, except for a few, uh, few places. But if you really want to see... Music at night, you have to go down to Frenchman, you have to go to Maple right. Leaf, you have to go off the beaten path. And there's there yeah. and there's all kinds of great uh, shows that you can see at night. Again, all this information is going to be on our website, which is the uh, the sideshow network tv slash a fork on the road. It's also available through the Jazz Fest website, which is nojazzfest.com. It'll they'll tell you about hotels, how to get down there, all the shows, all the nighttime shows. But yeah, get out and see. You can go on those swamp tours in New Orleans. I don't know if I want to do that yeah. though. Uh, Swamp the swamp tour, the swamp tour it's pretty fun. It's a little scary. The trick is finding a place to eat at night, and you, you well, never you never want to eat on Bourbon Street at night. It's just too crowded. Unless it's and, at and, and, the, and the restaurants aren't good. It's all the tourist traps. There is good music to be had in the French Quarter. There is good food to be had in the French Quarter, but the best music and the best food is not in the French Quarter. It's in Frenchman it, Street. It, it, Right. Well, we're going to be ta- we're going to be talking to the best chef in Louisiana in a little bit, Chef Duke from Cafe Giovanni, and that's in the French Quarter. But yeah, like any other tourist place, there are, you know, there's places where just suckers go. Well, no, I, you know what? I disagree. I've I've had phenomenal food in the French Quarter. There's um, this could be a little bit of a tourist trap because of the prices. It's a McDonald's. Bourbon- June, have you heard of this place? Shut up. I it's a McDonald's with the hamburgers? No. It is Bourbon House or Bourbon Grill. They have a drink called the Milk Bomb. It's made with <laughs> ice cream, 
condensed milk, whipped cream, heavy cream, uh, milk, every delicious dairy, sugary, creamy deliciousness. It's a stroke and in a bourbon. cup. And bourbon. It is so good. It's like a bourbon yeah, I think milkshake. That's, uh, it, that's, that's, it's just a milk punch at the bourbon house, right? Milk bomb. Well, look, I, you know, I don't, 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 don't want to overstate the point because you're so right. There, there is great stuff. I mean, it, you need to go to the French Quarter. The architecture there is spectacular. There are mm. some great sites. There are some great restaurants and great bars. One of my favorite bars in New Orleans is a dive bar on the edge of the quarter called Coop's. Um, I, I, I go there pretty regularly. Um, but the, 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 the bigger point is not to limit yourself to, to Bourbon Street. Right. Right. Get Quarter, out and look around. so much more to the city than, 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 than that main uh, tourist area. All right, tip number two. Tip number two, follow the buzz. I find that every year I go down there, there's some buzz about some band. One year, I remember just everywhere I went, I was seeing posters and hearing people talk about a band I'd never heard of before um, called Cowboy Mouth. That was another life-changing experience. They were playing at Tipitina's that night. I said, i got to see who this band is. You know, several hours later, Fred LeBlanc was you know, climbing on the rafters. The place was going nuts. <laughs> literally. Was, he he looks, this literally. guy looks like Fred Flintstone. He's got big, giant feet, yeah. and he, he climbs like a monkey. And he sweats like a pig. Right. He's, he's his own animal house. <laughs> <laughs> They're a great band. The best live and, and so band after, ever. The next day, he was playing a. The, the Cowboy Mouth was playing a jazz fest, and Fred was climbing the uh, the sound risers. The oh. security was going crazy, trying to drag him down. It was, but but the point is that every year there's some buzz about some band. It's that, band, that, yeah, that, hot band, yeah. That I had never heard of, and 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 I, I, I ended up checking them out, and it ends up being amazing. Morning Forty well, this, Federation. This is where all of us. Morning Forty, another great one. This is where all of us being connected makes a difference. In the old days, I, Ian would disappear and I wouldn't see him for two hours, but now he'll be over at the Fado Do stage or the Blue stage and he'll text me or call me and say, hey, you got to get over here. There's an amazing act. Or, you know, Aaron Neville showed up and he's, you know, singing with a, a small gospel trio. It's, you know, uh, it's a whole different experience there now. Yeah, that, that, that is. It's, uh, it, it's, Again, that's what I love, the mixing and the matching of people that don't, don't normally play together. And uh, it's, it's truly a gumbo in every sense of the word. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And now, the number one tip for first-time festers. Number one tip, there will be plenty of time to sleep when you're dead. <laughs> too much to do, not enough time to do it, don't plan to get much sleep. It's one of those vacations you come home and you need another vacation just to recover from the trip. You know, you, 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 you got to go in. You have to give it your all. Yeah, you, you gotta, you're right. You got to play hard. You got to see a lot of music. You have to drink a lot of beer. You have to see a lot of shows that end at three everything. o'clock in the morning. Taste everything. You know, just, just, mm. Yeah, you, just, you have to do it all. Don't compromise. Don't. That's right. You can sleep when you're dead, hit it hard, or don't go at all. Those are our top 10 tips for first-time festers from Jazz Fest experts, Rick the Cool Guy, and a man who's been every year for the last 26 years, Ian from Boston. Guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. I will see you in about six hours. I will see you at the old Absence House. Please have a whiskey ready for me. All right, looking forward to seeing you guys. Travel safe, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We are calling the French Quarter. How are you, Chef? Oh, I'm doing great, man. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. This is Chef Duke Le Cicero from Cafe Giovanni in the French Quarter. He's a chef in New Orleans, which 
makes them a stud just to begin with. <laughs> if you can keep that's, your that's, uh, right, you keep your restaurant I wish open that for was true. well, you keep your restaurant open for twenty minutes in New Orleans. You're doing something good. Cafe Giovanni's uh, been open for twenty years, and you were voted the twenty-one. That's a correction. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Going on twenty-two. Yeah, I'm very proud of that. Congrats. And you also got to be proud that Thank you were voted the best chef in Louisiana. How does that happen? Wow. Ah, well, you know, you, you got to pay a lot of people off. You don't know. That's, <laughs> that's the, that's the Chicago the, way. That's the kickback here in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. It's uh, uh, I've actually got uh, uh, Chef of the Year. I just got it uh, 2011 and, and 1999. And I'm uh, I, uh, very happy to win the two years uh uh, uh, to do that, and that was a big accomplishment. And uh, it's just, uh, it's just uh, great to be uh, associated with so many great chefs in one city. It really is. Wow! Yeah, it is. I think the best gastric gastronomical city in America. That's quite a break between 1999 and 2011. Did you savor it more the second time you won the award? You know, I, I did. I guess I was a little bit older, and uh, at that time, I was. Uh, you know, just a, uh, I guess I, you could say I was just getting the first uh, 10 years of my restaurant going. And, you know, it was, it was, it was really nice. Uh, both times were great. I said the second time was the better one because, you know, it's hard to win that award. You got to be voted on by fellow chefs to uh, get it twice. So I was very happy uh, uh, with, uh, with both of those accomplishments. So uh, I, I can't complain, really. Well, the food at your place I've been is blessed. Yes, and well, and you and you continue to bless people both that live there and come down for all the events that New Orleans has every year. Uh, people that haven't been to New Orleans might not be aware, but there's a there's a large Italian component to the city. Uh, Louis that Prima, Sam Sam Butera were from Louisiana. Right. A lot of Italians down there, and there are a few good Italian restaurants. Yours, I think, at the top of the heap, especially in the quarter. Well, that's for sure. Well, there's there's, uh, there's like four of them in the quarter, and uh, we're uh, we have a, a place called Irene's, which is a great, a little bit different type of Italian food, uh, more of mom and pop red, you know, uh, red sauce, more mm-hmm. uh, New Orleans Sicilian. Uh, then we have a, a real hip place called uh, Maximo's, which is down on the uh, the in, the other end of Decatur Street, which is actually. Uh, 1701, and we're uh, uh, 17. We're 117, and there's 1701 uh, uh, Decatur Street, and it's a hip, open kitchen kind of uh, funky kind of place that uh, uh, is under some new management, but uh, they've been around for a while. They, they were closed for a long, long time after Katrina. We opened five months after, and uh, you know we're we're been we're the same owners that have owned it uh, myself. Uh, for 21 years at Cafe Giovanni's, and we do more. Uh, it's more of a new, uh, new world type of uh, cuisine, you know. Uh, but uh, very hearty, nice portions, and then we have live uh, opera singers that sing Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday there. Ooh, that's what I love. That sounds like yeah. fun. Yeah, in a city filled with great musicians, you right. bring in some really talented people. So it's you get dinner, you get a show, and the the. Uh, right. The atmosphere, it's its upscale, but not stuffy or oppressive, I would say. You know what? You well, it goes, it, it, Mark, it goes in the French Quarter. It's tennis to tuxedos. <laughs> so, you know, it's really, that's how it goes. We've got people in tuxedos in there. You'll have people in tennis shorts in there. Uh, you'll have, a, you know, just a big variety of people that, that come to, to the French Quarter. And we're very local-based uh, 
uh, restaurants. So we have great local uh, clientele. We have a great lounge that uh, you know you can go watch the game and 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 uh, have food in, in the uh, lounge part, which is a, a, a great uh, uh, thing that we added in 2004 when I bought my partners out. And uh, it, you know the, the restaurant, we're always trying to change it, keep it fresh. And uh, you know, let me tell you something. It's not. It's just you know, chefs can always talk it's about the food, but it really isn't about the food. It's about the dining experience, and you can have. Well, yeah, unless the food tastes like shit. (laughs) Oh well, no singing is going to help that. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah, no, it's a fantastic, especially because you're you're right there on the lip of you're at Decatur and and Canal basically, right? And so we have nine major hotels in walking distance, which is great. And Bourbon Street in the quarter can be so frenetic to come in and to hear this uh, smooth Lovely. and comforting opera and, and have a nice dinner, a little bit out of the hurly-burly of the city and, and, and the quarter before you go plunging back in is, is really nice. L- let's, let's talk about your, your tempering as a chef. Where do you, uh, where, where's the intersection of Cajun and Italian and where do you get your inspiration and how would you get interested in being a chef? Well, you know, I started as a uh, as a dishwasher uh, at the age of twelve. Now I'm 52, uh, Mark. So back then it was allowed for children to work, <laughs> and uh, you know now uh, you know I think the, the guys, you know, the people would be in jail. But I was 12 years old. Started, you know, my dad was one of these people who he's uh, he you know go out there and start working as soon as you can, get good work ethic, and uh, you know. Uh, started at 12, and I knew exactly when I saw this guy, Davis Lee, he was working the door at this restaurant, and all the ladies knew his name. They all loved him, and I said, that's what I want to do. <laughs> and I fell in love with the business, and, uh, uh, you know, I went to the CIA, uh, which is great because my son just got accepted. He'll be going in the fall. He's graduated from high school, and it's, uh, you know, we turned it into a family thing that uh, uh, what was sad about, the only thing I regret about being a chef is that the time I spent away from my family. It's rough. It so many hours, many right. hours. And but for- what inspires me is so many different cultures and, and cuisines and things like that. I hate to put like one name on my cuisine because, uh, you know, that's why I call it new world because it's got, I love different, you know, I love Southwest food. I spent time in Houston. I love classical French. That's where I was trained. And mm. I love Asian food. You know, I just love food and different techniques and different herbs and spices. And you can put it all together. And at Giovanni's, the, the foundation is Italian, but we use so many different things. Like the thing that's been on, the dish that's been on Giovanni's menu for uh, 21 years is called Oyster Giovanni. And it's uh, a stained glass of sauces. When we say that, you have to see the picture of this. And people think it's the plate, but it's roasted ginger pepper sauce. And it's kiwi, mango, blackberry, and lemon butter pulled through with lightly fried Louisiana oysters. And mm. it's the kind of sauce that you like to get about a loaf of bread and dip in. Right. And, uh, you know, well, I remember it. the but, first time you know, I went to your place, someone said, yeah. oh, well, I'm taking you to an Italian place. And, you know, you think that what that conjures up in your head it was not at all what I was expecting when I got to your place. And right. such a diverse and eclectic menu. And everything was just dead-on delicious. And then the, the opera music just... It's like a nice aperitif, 
when you're done. Just well, beautiful background. Well, Mark, I thought I was crazy because they go, what are you going to do, open an Italian restaurant in a French court? I mean, you know, people are coming here for New Orleans food. And I said, after the third day they're here, they're looking for meatballs and spaghetti. <laughs> 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 you know, they can't handle all that spice. They're looking for something that, you know, that they can handle that makes them think, you know, wow, I, you know, I'm familiar with this cuisine, so I can get it. That's what makes New Orleans so great. We have our own cuisine. I mean, New York's the top of the world. We got great restaurant cities, but none of them have their own cuisine. Let's face. Right. Well, now, are, do you have some tips? We were just talking to some guys about coming to, uh, down to Jazz Fest, which I'm guessing is one yes. of your, if not busiest, the one of them of the year. What's what's the oh, trick yeah, to getting a reservation or getting in? Uh, who do we give money to? What what what's what are some good tips for your place and the quarter in general about snaking in at, to get an eight o'clock reservation and get some food somewhere? Well, you know, one, just use Mark DiCarlo. <laughs> right, use my name. That'll That's, do it. That works at my place. I don't know about everybody else. But, you know, get online. There's, you know, Open Table. There's a bunch of different, uh, uh, there's Eats. Uh, um, uh, there's all kind of different websites. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, let's let's cut the crap, Chef. You're going to put okay. money in your hand. What is it? I mean, what should people load up? Is it a twenty? Is it a ten? Is it no, a fifty? No, no, no. Well, I'm not going to get any of that. That's that's my my deal. Well, I know, I know. I'm just saying, what's what's the going rate now? To you know, if you want to get in, you got you're with four or six people. You don't want to wait for an hour and a half. And I and again, the only thing that's free at a restaurant is a reservation. Make a reservation and show up. A reservation one. It's free. Second, you're going to get treated a lot better. And two, if you have to cancel, call up and cancel. So many people make all these reservations all over, right. and they never cancel. And that's why the restaurants are so crazy right now, where a lot of them are not taking it. But, you know, Jazz Fest is a late-night kind of thing because they're out there all day. They go home, they take a little rest, and then they come back out at 8 o'clock. So, you know, if you're going to go eat dinner, go eat dinner early. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe you have to leave the, the the fest a little early. Go eat early, and you'll you won't have any problem from five to six. It's when you get to eight thirty, nine thirty, eleven. But that's when everybody that's when leaves the festival. Yeah, and they have the best. Yeah, because acts they're, the they're out there all day eating. I mean, the, besides great music, this they have some of the greatest food. Uh, you know, and and what you call. You know, uh, uh, festival food. It's not, no, you know, no. what you get at usual. These are top restaurants doing some incredible food. So when you And go I'm home, never you hungry at 7 break. o'clock because we've been uh, eating all day. I need a couple hours. You know, ideally you want to eat dinner around 9.30 and you're up till right. 2 or 3. So yeah, you, it really you doesn't matter. You know what I do? I taste everything. 2 or early. 3. That's, that's uh, California time, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. Right. I'm wussing out. Um, what are, uh, give me the top five Someone comes to New Orleans for the first time. What are the top five things they should taste before they go home? Well, besides myself, uh, well, let me get now. I'm just joking. But you, you have to go to the riverfront. The riverfront uh, is is fantastic. Uh, everybody, you know, talks about Katrina, but you know that's so far behind. We've done so many big, big things since then. It's you know, there's a few places that need to be done, but we're getting back. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a uh, definitely a jog instead of a mar- You know, it was a marathon instead of a sprint, I should say. Right. But we're coming back for it. But the the, the riverfront, I'd say, you definitely got to go take a streetcar uh, ride down the streetcar uptown. Mm-hmm. You have to go to the World War II Museum. That is a great fantastic. museum. Uh, Tom Hanks and um, Steven Spielberg got behind that. You've got to go see that movie. That is really uh, just unbelievably fantastic. There's a uh, and, uh, th- there's one um, one exhibit in the World War 
Two Museum, which is just south of Canal Street. You, you can walk to it from the French Quarter. Right. Every soldier on their way to the Normandy landing got like a little kit with, you know, chocolate and food and bullets and all this stuff. And there was a small letter from General Eisenhower that was just so poignant. It basically was, we've all worked really hard. Uh, we're doing the best we can as your leaders. We know some of you aren't coming back, but understand that what you're doing tomorrow is not just for you. It's not just for our country, but you're, you're truly saving the world. And, right. uh, it's, and, the, and the number one heroes of America, let's say. Yeah. It really is. But you got to go to the World War II Museum. Uh, you got to go. We have a great aquarium right down the riverfront. We have a great zoo now. We have, uh, I mean, just so many things to do in New Orleans. Or if you had a little bit more time and spend a couple of days over in a weekday, go charter your boat and go fishing, man. Some of the greatest fishing going on right now. There's just so much to do in New Orleans. And uh, it, it really is. And then, of course, you know, I think you go to Bourbon Street once, you get that out the way. And then, you sit, you know, the French Quarter, the shopping, Magazine Street, uh, just goes on and on. Walk, just what this, uh, uh, this town has to offer. It really is. It's, uh, it's a great city. It's a food city. Uh, it's as close as you're going to come to going to Europe for the, for the architecture. It's just, uh, I mean, we just... Uh, loving life right now, getting back and, and doing what we do the best here. And it's really what we do the only best is, you know, we're ready for, to give y'all, uh, to come down and have a great time. And that's what we that's what we do is to have uh, tourism. That's what we're the best at. And all the seafood uh, is good sure. after the BP spill, right? Uh, all the seafood's all the seafood's good to go? fantastic. Yeah, all was, the seafood's fantastic. The oysters, the shrimp, mm. everything is, is really doing good. Uh, you know, what we've had is that mindset that so many people outside of the United States don't want to eat it. And that's that's not true. No, it's, uh, I was there last year and it was delicious and fine. Well, we cannot wait to get back down to the Crescent City for Jazz Fest. Come see you and say hi and have some fun on Bourbon Street. Mm. Chef of the yeah, Year. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> Chef of the Year. <laughs> Thank you, Chef Duke. We really appreciate your time. You have yourself a great jazz fest. And tell, tell people they want to come visit the restaurant, CafeGiovanni.com. CafeGiovanni.com? Or you can call and them. And we hope to see you soon. Call them at uh, 504-529-2154 to make you a reservation. You got it. Great to hear from you, Mark. All right. Thanks, Chef. I'll talk hope to you to later. See you, soon. you will. Hope to see you soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right, man. Take care. Ciao. All right, take Bye. it easy. Bye-bye. Ciao. That's how Italians say goodbye. Ciao. Well, that pretty much wraps it up. That is all you need to know before you go to Jazz Festival. I am so hungry right now. I, know. I can't even finish this. Well, show. we are going right from here to the airport. We'll be in New Orleans <sighs> later on tonight. Then we're going to be at the festival Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're going to be talking to Anders Osborne, Paul Sanchez, How Brian exciting. Lee, How Billy exciting. Joel. <laughs> we're going to go see Chef Duke. We're going to have Billy some Joel. food. We're going to eat. We're going to party. We're going to see Rick the Cool Guy and Ian, and uh, we're going to have a great time. Um, I hope some of you folks will get the opportunity to go to the Jazz Festival. It's uh, it's great. It's one of the things you have to do before you die. It's on your bucket list. Yep, it is. Right? So we'll be doing that. Uh, we'll, we'll be uh, taking off, like I said, soon. We'll come back next week. We'll have all those interviews for you, and we'll talk more about what's coming up. There's every week. There's festivals. There's fun. There's food all around the country. And everything's going to be on the website. If you missed anything over here, take a look at the website. Which is Sideshow Network. Sideshow? sideshownetwork.tv slash a fork on the road right and uh, also 
patronize the folks that help us here. Uh, if you're going to be driving around, get yourself some Enviro tabs. You can increase your gas mileage about 17 to 20%. You just drop these tabs in your tank. You get better gas mileage. It cleans your engine. It's fantastic. I've been using the product for about six months. It works great. You can get that inf- those uh, information at um, greenfootglobal.com slash roadravesmark. Uh, everyone that calls, and we want you to call, 424-250-FORK. You call us up. You leave us a message about where you're going. If you need some help working on a trip, booking yeah, a thing. We will help you out. Someplace to go for an anniversary, a wedding. You call us. We'll bring you on the air, and we will uh, help you. We're also giving away a Vivitar HD850 underwater camcorder. That is so exciting. Yeah, you can shoot underwater. So call us and leave a message about um, why you need the camcorder more than anybody else. We're going to get a couple of those, and we'll be calling people putting them on the air next week and we're going to figure out who we're going to give this camera to as soon as we reach our magic subscriber number and of course if you haven't done so already subscribe to the show on itunes and soundcloud and sideshow network sideshow network so until next time i'm mark DiCarlo, and i'm yenny alvarez and this is a fork on the road <laughs> ciao ciao ben going back home t90 to the land of the beautiful queen. Gone back home.